Today, uh, we're going to talk about the resurrection proves Jesus is sufficient. We've been talking about the, uh, the effects or the uh, or rediscovering and uh, um, the power of the resurrection of Jesus toward us and uh, what it does for us and why, and, uh, why we need to understand it and uh, hold to it as part of the gospel. And so this is just another, uh, we're just continuing on here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. As we look at the resurrection proves Jesus is sufficient. Have you ever felt like you were empty? You're running on fumes when it comes to your spiritual life? And you know, of course, I know we do that physically. We run out of gas. We try to, try to go to bed and get re- refreshed. But that's not always possible to go to, go to bed and be, be refreshed spiritually. We, uh, it takes, it's another type of rest, another type of uh, energy that we need to be uh, energized and strengthened in, uh, in, our, in our souls. And so we want to look at this today, the, uh, how the, re- the resurrection of Jesus is sufficient for all of our needs. Let's look at a scripture here in 2 Corinthians, and uh, uh, this happens to be actually uh, my, one of my life verses here in the New Testament. I've got this one as well as an Old Testament verse, but the Apostle Paul says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. And when he talks about the treasure, he's talking about what we've been talking about, loved ones. He's talking about the gospel. We have this, and what is the gospel? Remember the gospel? It, it takes three legs to make up the gospel. It takes the death of Jesus, the empty tomb of Jesus, and an understanding of the coming wrath of God. And that's why we have the death, and that's why we have the resurrection, so we can escape the wrath of God. That's how the apostles preach the gospel and the book of Acts, and that's how we have to un- un- understand it. And only when we understand it that way is there power of the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and we understand the full impact of what the gospel is. And it's a treasure. This understanding is a treasure to us. It's our life. And it's in these jars of clay. Uh, the Apostle Paul, it's his phrase for the human body. We have this understanding of what Jesus did and who he is. And our faith is encapsulized in that. And it all dwells within us here. And he said, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and it's not from us. I mean, look how weak we are. But yet, we got this powerful gospel that dwells in us and connects us to God and, and brings union. Um, Jesus brings union uh, between us and the Father. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. For we always carry around in our body the death, or if you will, the cross of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus, the empty tomb, may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being, being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Apostle Paul's telling us here, Part of the price of discipleship is at times you really go through difficult times, really hard times, tribulation. Life is sometimes really horrible as a Christian. And sometimes there's all kinds of things. Jesus said, in this world you will have much tribulation. He's talking about lots of problems. You will have, you know, it's the nature of this world. It's the the curse of sin upon it that Adam and Eve brought, uh, uh, caused, I should say, um, to, to be here. 
And we, Jesus said that, that we will have much trouble in this world. And so we are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. And what that means is that we're always being tempted to give up on Christ. But we, but we, we stand firm. There's times we want to quit. But yet we know, no, we don't really want to quit because we love God. But yet there's so many circumstances that are sometimes pressing on us and we just are tempted to say, I just want this to stop. You know, Paul says, but it happens so that the impossible, the life of Jesus, the resurrection power of Jesus can, will dwell in us and will encourage us and strengthen us and will raise us up where it looks like that we're going down the tubes. <laughs> and yet people stand back and say, how in the world are they still on their feet? It's because that resurrection power is within us. May the Lord help us as we look at, at some scriptures here. Let's allow the Lord to encourage us this morning. You remember that old gospel song? I mean, I remember this on some old, remember records? You used to spin around, put a needle and put the thing on the, on the record. Remember that? I still got some of those. And uh, I should play them once in a while. I do have a record player. But uh, um, there's an old song that we used to listen to. I remember it said, uh, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from it sunshine for its skies may what turn to gray. I don't worry over the future for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. Amen. How many of us have ever worried? And have some volunteers today. How many have ever worried? Come on, I know. I, raise your hand. It'll, it'll, confession's good for the soul. Okay? Yeah, it is. Confession's good for the soul. Well, I thought so. I knew you'd worried because uh, I'm in the same camp with you. I, I have all of us, um, you, know, uh, um, you know, have worried. All the while, the power of the resurrection of Jesus was still within me. And yet I'm worrying. Aren't you glad that God doesn't just say, well, you're worrying, I'm going to take that out, I'm going to, you know, you're no longer belong, you no longer belong to me. That's not the way the Lord is, is he? Yeah, and um, we worry even when the power of the resurrection is within us, isn't it? Isn't that something? Um, so oftentimes we're tempted to worry about a lot of things, aren't we? Many things are simply, many of these things are simply out of our control. We just have no power over them at all. We can't change it. The things that we're worried that we're worried about, um, we can't do anything about it. And we're tempted to even get frustrated and frant and and we frantic, frantically try to work up solutions. I know how you think because it's how I think. You're kind of walking back and forth from one corner of your mind to the other thing. Well, how can I fix this? How can I solve this? And no, that solution won't work. That won't work. And, that, and the more you come up with empty solutions, the more agitated and, and worried you get about it and concerned inside. And, and you're getting all, all frazzled. And it's not that these issues don't matter. It's not that things we worry about don't matter. So oftentimes they really do matter. But we have forgotten and simply need to quiet ourselves and listen for all for that still small voice of God to remind us. And he will remind us, loved ones, that he is with us and he is sufficient for every need we have through Christ Jesus who died for us and rose again. Hmm. 
The early Christians were like us. They needed encouragement that Christ would be sufficient for every issue in their life. Um, the apostles knew it, and so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they revealed these, these amazing, the amazing sufficiency of Jesus for any need that we might have. And loved ones, there, there is uh, there's so much that is bound up in Jesus for us. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians a, the, a lot regarding how God was going to was providing everything that we need in our lives through Jesus. And they were struggling. The, the, the uh, Colossian church was struggling with this deception of the devil. He was pressuring them that Jesus wasn't enough. He wasn't enough. They needed to add something more to Jesus. Um, Apostle Paul, so he wrote to this to the, in Colossians chapter 2, he said this, so he said, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So Apostle Paul was trying to teach the Colossians, listen, Christ is in you and, and you are complete through your union with him. Complete. He is sufficient for you. Everything he has. You and I are complete through our union with Christ. The surpassing theme, loved ones, of the New Testament is simply uh, is articulated in that, in that phrase. Everything from Matthew to the book of Re- Revelation um, speaks of the sufficiency of Jesus. Amen? Um, he is sufficient in who he is, in what he has done through his death on the cross and his rising from the dead and leaving the empty tomb. And, and he's going to come back for us. He is sufficient for all of our needs. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians, let me just read you a few scriptures here. 1 Corinthians 1.30, he says, it is because of him, that is God, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, our holiness, and redemption. The ones within the righteousness and holiness and redemption is the cross and the empty tomb and the, the, coming, of, the coming of the Lord. Whenever the Bible speaks about redemption, it's t- having a lot to do with you getting a new body. Some, someday. So Jesus is sufficient for every need that we have. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says, verse 9, he says this, he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I boast, uh, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So in our worry and in our fretting, in our insecurities, you know, allow the sufficiency of God's grace to work and and to enable you to rest in Him and then trust, trust, trust. I mentioned before that sometimes we just need to quiet ourselves when we're just running back and forth in our heads. We need to quiet ourselves, get alone, and just tell God, we're done running back and forth. (laughs) And we need Him to speak to us. I can't tell you, loved ones, how many times I've had to do that. And just waiting for him to speak. And he's, he does. All of a sudden there's a, a peace that comes. And, there's a, and sometimes, a, oftentimes there's a, there's a new direction, a fresh, a fresh direction. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Apostle Paul says this, he says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So, Jesus is sufficient. He's given us everything we need. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 says, For 
by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So we're in this process of the Lord sanctifying us through our troubles and as we learn to trust him and depend upon him. Friends, I said to have Christ is to have everything you need in your spiritual life for this world as well as for the world to come. To have him is to have everything. Not to have him is to have absolutely nothing. All the joy, the peace, the meaning, the value, the purpose, the hope, fulfillment in life, now and forever, is bound up in Jesus. Everything that we hope for is bound up in Him. And when a person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, as their Lord and Savior, they enter into this all-sufficient relationship with an all-sufficient Christ, learning to let Jesus be totally sufficient for you. It's just part of being His disciple. When, you, when you're worrying and everything and you just need to stop yourself and say, I'm learning how to let Jesus be all sufficient. We live in a day when the devil is attacking us on, on two different fronts. He attacks and deceives sinners by convincing them that Jesus is just an additional item in their life. He's just, he's just an add-on. They're willing to let him come into their life as long as you know, he keeps himself in his place getting along with all the other gods that they allow in their life as well. Kind of like the Muslim I, I heard who, uh, how he received Jesus into his life. True story. He received Christ into to his life. And upon saying amen at the end of his prayer of confession, he said this, Now this is just wonderful. Now I have two gods, Jesus and Muhammad. The minister who was leading him in prayer said, oh, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. He said, that's not how this works. That you don't add Jesus to what you already have. And having Jesus, you don't add anything to him. (laughs) Jesus is enough. You don't add anything to him. In Matthew 13, 44 to 46, Jesus told a couple parables. One of them was about a man who found a treasure in the field. And it was such a wonderful treasure that he, he, he went and he sold everything that he had. He got everything, all the money that he had and he, to purchase the field because it was such a great treasure. In the same, same verses, Jesus talks about a merchant who was a pearl merchant and how that he found this wonderful pearl. It was the most valuable pearl that he'd ever seen. It was so wonderful that he sold all of his possessions, everything that he had, just to obtain that, raw, that one pearl. The point is, the point is here, is that the point is that Jesus, the ones alone, and this is just part of being a disciple of Christ, the point is Jesus is alone the most sufficient. And because of this, we give up all things in order to have Him. To have His sufficiency. It's an exchange for all I am and all I have for all that He is. And there's no other way to be a Christian. The Colossians, they were being told by false teachers that they needed more in their life than Jesus. He, he just wasn't enough. They, they needed philosophies. They needed special days. They needed rituals. They needed visions, you know, to be right with God. And the ones that take one of the devil's favorite tricks is to get us flustered as Christians and servants of God. We worry about all kinds of things. We worry about our health. We worry about our family. We worry about our jobs. We worry about our government. We worry about our church. We worry about people's opinions of us. There's just so much to worry about. If you don't have anything to worry about, just come to me. I'll give you something. You know, really. 
There's so much to be concerned about. Do you know what worry screams though? Worry screams that Christ is not enough. Christ is not enough. That's what worry screams. Around 1984, I think it was, Becky and I, we had the privilege of hearing a, a, um, um, a preacher by the name of Dr. S.M. Lockridge. Maybe you've heard him preach. He preaches, he's, I mean, he's, he's in heaven now. But, but we heard him preach at the Skyline Wesleyan Church out in San Diego, California. And during the last 15 minutes, because this little delivery that he gave took at least 15 minutes. It was an amazing delivery. During the last 15 minutes, he uh, gave this delivery telling about the sufficiency of Christ. Again, I'm sure you've heard it uh, on, you know, on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. It's entitled, My King. And we don't have time to read through the whole thing because it's really, really long. Uh, you know, that entire description that Lockridge gave about Jesus. But I'd like to read to you just a small portion of it. Okay? I'm sure you've heard it before, but it's a good reminder for us. And again, this is just a small portion of it here. My king, uh, his office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Then Lockridge says, I wish I could describe him to you. <laughs> he goes on and said, he's, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm trying to tell you that the heaven, the heavens cannot contain him, let alone a man explain him. You, can, you can't get him out of your mind. Yet you can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out that they couldn't stop him. <laughs> Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. And Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. Amen. And that's just a small portion of that description of Jesus. But I just I thought that's a good thing for us to, rem to, to re remind ourselves of. Of the all-sufficiency of Jesus today. I want you to think about something. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, there is a portion of Scripture there. It's a prophecy about the coming of the Messiah. I'm sure you remember it well. It's uh, very plain. It's speaking about Jesus' death on, on, on the cross. And there's a, in verse 4, in the first part of that, this is what it says. It says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. What does that mean? Surely, he's again talking about the Messiah, talking about Jesus, that he's carried our sorrows. It means that no matter how dismal, how dark, how worrisome, how trial you might be facing right now, Jesus, this verse means this, Jesus feels it with you because deep sorrow was well known to him. Deep sorrow is well known to him. There's no sorrows that anyone can experience that Jesus has not felt them and experienced them. Jesus has borne all of our worries and frustrations and he shares them with us as we face them. He is sufficient. Yeah, we, can, we, we will have much trouble in this world, like I said before, but fear not for he has overcome the world, he said. 
And whatever you're facing, Jesus has been there before. He died for this struggle that you're going through. And what it says in, in uh, the, the latter part of that verse, in the next verse, four, uh, 4 and 5, it said, Yes, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we're healed. Apostle Paul tells us that because of this gospel that we read in 2 Corinthians, in the death, the resurrection of Jesus also being spared the wrath of God. This sufficiency of Jesus that we have is this the treasure of Christ's presence and fellowship within us. And this treasure, again, is in these weakened vessels that we have, these, these bodies of ours, these weakened minds, these frail minds of ours, our, our sometimes screwy emotions, you know, all the things that are cattywampus about us, you know, he still dwells in us. Praise his name. And to show that this all-surpassing power is not from us, but it's from God. We're hard-pressed on every side at times, but not crushed. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And again, because we always carry around in us the death of Jesus, but the life of Jesus is also revealed in us. So, loved ones, the question I want to ask you today, what is trying to remove Jesus off the throne of your life? Can I tell you that I've walked with Jesus, well, since I was 14 years old, and um, it almost seems like as I've gotten older, there's more things that try to dethrone him from my life. You know, there's just more things that try to, to, uh, to deny the power of the resurrection within me, to deny the power of the cross within me. There's those temptations and worries that try to, to, uh, to uh, short out or to deactivate you know, the, the living Christ within me. What's trying to replace him? What's trying to, what's trying to add on to him? What is there in there? What, what worry? What, ang- what anger? What, what, what issue of pride? I want to encourage you today to repent and to, and to reclaim this truth or just to stand firm that, that Jesus is enough. He is all sufficient. And wait for the direction of the Holy Spirit as you fellowship in the sufferings of Jesus by determining to do things God's way. I believe the Lord would have us today to... Um, pray together. I think that what uh, we are sensing today, many of us in our lives, many of us in, even in our church fellowship today, is something that's not, not just special, particular, just unique to us. Um, every Sunday morning around 7 o'clock, I get a text from our district super superintendent. It's really kind of neat because he, it's not just to me, it's to all the pastors, of course, in our district. But, but um, he texts us every, every Sunday and just telling us that he's praying for us and that, and usually has a, has a good thought for us to think about. And I want to read to you what he had to say today. Uh, this came this morning. This again from uh, Pastor Tim Kellerman. Pastor Tim says, uh, a different approach today 
I'm aware of more than a few pastors and their families and their churches against whom the enemy is battling. Would you take a moment to pray for those you know who are struggling? Then would you pray for all the pastors and their families today and their places of ministry if you can? Would you take time in your worship gathering this morning to do that? Let's pray for a breakthrough, basically in our district. Let's pray for the enemy's defeat on every level and for the manifest presence of Jesus to invade our places, to invade our spaces. <laughs> let's pray for souls to receive Jesus. And let's pray and believe what is possible through Christ. And he always ends it this way. I love you. I have prayed for you. And then he always says, I am for you. <laughs> he, always, he always is trying to encourage us that way. Well, I tell you, I thought this was apropos for what we were, what this message was about today, because I think we need to be encouraged today. And you know, the ones, I, uh, the church, the the uh, the effectiveness of ministry, the effectiveness of any church, is dependent upon our our trust, our obedience, our uh, reliance upon the Holy Spirit of Jesus. I mean, you can't, you can't do church. I mean, you can do church. You can have a social club. You can have a, you know, a rotary club. You can, have, uh, you can have organizations where you don't need Jesus. You can do things that, uh, you know, that attract people or whatever. But we need to see people come to know the Lord. We need people saved. We need young people saved. We need to have a door of blessing open to, I know, Mount Hope, and I know it's just not us, but I've talked to enough pastors in town to know it's the same thing there. There's like a, a deadness. There's a, there's a lack of spiritual life. There's a lack of, of, uh, of holiness, you know, within our, within our fellowship, our, our, all of our fellowships within, well, I know it must be going across our district now. I know my heart's been heavy for Mount Hope that we might see the power of God come upon us here. I've seen it in the past. I've seen it in the past where God just surprised people so much that they, well, it was beyond human control. It, God brought people to their knees in, in conviction. God brought people to their knees in healing. God brought people to their knees in submission to Him. And I think it, we have to have that in our fellowship. We have to have that in our lives. Christ is sufficient for everything that we're dealing with as a church and in our personal lives as well. All of us have burdens on our lives, our families, that heavy burdens of, of health issues and, and worries, concerns, and some of our families that don't know the Lord and our kids who don't know the Lord and just all that. There's uncertainty in the future. We don't know where the government's going. You know, you know they're, they're all nuts in Washington, it seems like. You know, maybe they're not so nuts. Maybe they have an agenda that they're trying to do, huh? Well, I thought today it would be good for us to, if you can, that, that we come to this altar today and pray that we come with our hearts just saying, Lord, we need you to do something. We are so hungry for you to do something. 
We're so needy of, we can't, we can't see your kingdom advance in our own strength. We're so needy of you moving in your power. Not only in this building, but also in our lives as we engage people in the community that the Holy Spirit will lead us to, to pray with people and to talk to people, uh, just to give them a word about, the, about Jesus or just to plant a God thought in their, in their hearts and minds. Because they're pagans out there and they don't know anything about God. We need that kind of a power working in us. And that's what the Lord wants to do. I think he wants to revive us that way. So I'm going to ask you today, if you would, if you would just come. Come to this, come to this altar. And if you, can't, if you can't kneel, which you could just maybe sit in the front pew or, or sit. I think it's important that we, you know, you say, well, I can just pray here. Well, you know what I found? I don't know what it is. But the Lord wants me sometimes, a lot of times, just to do something different than... Uh, sit where I have always sat or, but just to seek him I had a funny thing happen this week as you're coming Becky and I someone we know and love is having a conflict with a neighbor having a conflict with a neighbor and so they decided to see if they could maybe offer, give a peace offering and so they asked me for a jar of honey without paying for it. Because they wanted to give a free gift that cost them nothing to settle a, to kind of make peace with a neighbor. I thought, how many times as Christians is that what we do? We, we're trying to look for things that make things the easiest way on us. And the Lord just wants to say, like David, I will not give the Lord what it, what it didn't cost me. You know, you wouldn't feel free to just yeah sit any place you can. Anybody, yeah. But thank you so much for your your willingness to come forward. I don't know what the Lord's going to do in our hearts today, but I know that He said, "If you honor Me, I will honor you." And I know He He anyone who comes to Him in no way does He cast us out, but He looks at our hearts and He sees the sincerity of our hearts and He. And he will bless us and help us. I know some of you have things on your mind, some worries and concerns on your mind that, that um, you don't know what to do with. You don't know how to deal with them. You're frustrated. and Let's pray about that. Lord, today as we come before you, oh God, we pray that you would help us to calm down inside. Help us, Lord, to stop pacing in our minds, to, but just to stand still, like you told Elijah, to just stay still and, and wait for that still, small voice, just to trust you, that to turn things over to you, to, to let things go. Just go ahead and just say, we can't do a thing about whatever is wrong, and so therefore, Lord, we just turn it over to you. We turn it over to you and we're trusting you with it today, whatever it might be. Oh God, whether it's our children or whether it's a, a health issue, Lord, or, or whether, Lord, maybe it's a, 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 a decision, Lord, for the future as to, as to uh, our welfare or what we're going to do. What, Lord, whatever the uncertainty is, we pray, oh God, that, that uh, you'll help 
us today just to release it to you, just to turn it over to you and not to take it back. And then, Lord, teach us how to trust you. Just every time we're tempted to take it back, just to say no, and that we'll just say no. We've, we've released that to Jesus. And, and Lord, no matter if we have to do it 10 times a day or 20, whatever it is, we're going to just say no. We've released that to Jesus. And then just to cry out to you and say, Lord, please intervene. Please take charge. Well, help us just to be that determined that we are going to let Jesus be sufficient and all in all in our lives. Father, what we pray today, it might be a, a health concern that we're worried about our health. We're worried about, Lord, and, and we know Jesus, you are the healer. We know, God, you revealed yourself to be the healer. And we know these bodies are destined, Lord, to, to stay with this earth and they're going to burn up in the end. But you're going to give us a brand new body then. But, Lord, until then, we pray that we will just simply turn our health and turn our bodies over to you. And we, and we pray that if we can glorify you, that you would glorify yourself in us by healing our bodies of sicknesses. That you will, you'll lift up, uh, we'll be able to lift up Jesus because of the healing work that you do within us. Father, we, we bring to you to our, our Mount Hope Church. Father, we, we bring our fellowship. We bring our ministries. We bring the things, Lord, we, we kind of come to a point where, Lord, we're kind of, we feel like we, we don't know what else to do. Our hands are tied in how to, in how to minister, Lord. Uh, yeah, COVID did a number on us, Lord, but COVID's no, no, it's not big, big enough to stop you, Father. There, your work still goes on. And we pray that you would give us a new heart here at Mount Hope. Give us, Lord, a new passion, a, a new understanding that how we are going to be, need to be so dependent upon you for, for souls to come to know Jesus, for young people to come to the knowledge of the gospel and to be saved, for, for families to be saved. Lord, for alcoholics and for people who are addicted to drugs, for these things to be conquered by by the power of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will, Lord, you will open a, a new doors for us as we simply trust you. As we, and we'll, you will, Lord, your will, we pray we will not just want things to be the old, same old, same old, but we will expect, Lord, new things in our fellowship. Lord, we need them. And if, Lord, I know, I just sense that we're all we're all in this together and we're just, we want to trust you. Father, we, we pray today that we might be able to glorify you here at Mount Hope, way out here in the middle of nowhere. Lord, surrounded by Amish, surrounded by, Lord, by all the things that go with a country church. <laughs> What's wrong with that, Father? Or people travel long time, a long way to go to restaurants and everything else. Father, that we know that people will do what they really want to do. And Father, if you touch people's eyes just to, that we might glorify you. With the people around here, we pray that it might be Amish, you might be saved too. We pray that, that we won't make excuses. We'll just say, Lord, we just want to trust you. 
Lord, we pray for the churches across our district. Lord, for the pastors who are going through some really, really hard times. I know well, there are some marriages that are just crumbling. Marriages that are crumbling and, and it's just not right. The devil is having a heyday. God, there's, there's churches that are bickering and having problems like that. And we need, Lord, a, a, a breakthrough. A breakthrough in our district. I know pastors who are struggling at home and they're struggling at church. And Father, we need a breakthrough of your miracle power to revive us and to save us and to redeem us. Lord, we don't know what to do unless you do it. You're the only sufficient power. You're the only sufficient one that has eternal quality that makes a difference in our lives. Father, we pray for Pastor Tim and for Jamie that in all this stress, all the burdens upon their shoulders, that they will be uh, uh, supernaturally uh, strengthened by the Holy Spirit. That they may be pressed down, but they're not crushed, Lord, because of your power within you, within them. Father, oh, we pray. We pray for your move upon us. We pray even today, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. And Lord, when we rise from this altar and when we get in our cars to go home today, we pray you'll, you'll, pray you'll speak to our hearts. Oh God, speak to us and direct us. Direct us how you want us to serve you, how, how you want us to honor you, how you want us to, to raise up Jesus amongst our friends and where Jesus won't just be a side note, but he'll be the main note. He won't just be a side issue. He'll be the main issue, God. Oh, we pray. Pray that you will move in our midst, God. That you'll move among us. We pray. You are so gracious and so good. We appreciate you so much. You have never let us down. You've always been faithful to lead us to the next step in our lives. And I know you'll lead us to the next step as your church and Lord and even as district churches you'll lead us. And even those churches, Lord, those brothers and sisters of churches in town, pray you'll lead them to the next step as well. That we might be ready, fully ready, when Jesus comes back well-dressed, radiant brides, not hiding any sins, not hiding any disobediences, not hiding any ungodliness, but just uh, men and women full of integrity in the Spirit. So Lord, we leave this with you now and trust you. We just, again, whatever it takes, we'll just release it to you all day long. But we have to do that. And tomorrow too. Until it becomes a, a habit of our soul just to trust you with all things. So Lord, we, we pray these things now and ask them in Jesus' name and for your honor. For the honor of the Father. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, loved ones, for your, your faith. And thank you for your love. And um, 
I know you'll be expecting God to, to say something, to speak to us. Give someone some encouragement today as you leave. Say, say something good. Hmm?